Stumping on July 4, Trump's rivals pitched themselves to early state voters. Jonathan Weissman At a high school cafeteria in Merrimack, New Hampshire, on Tuesday, where patriotic music blasted from the speakers and the lunch tables were decked in star-spangled neighbory, Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota mingled with families who were digging into eggs, sausage and pancakes at a 4th of July breakfast hosted by the local Rotary Club. Nelson Disco, 88, one of the prospective voters in the small crowd, had a couple of questions for him. What was he running for? And with which party? You've got some competition, Mr. Disco exclaimed, as the North Dakota governor told him he was seeking the Republican nomination for president. But Mr. Burgum was undeterred, feeling great about the race, he said. It was the final 4th of July before New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation Republican primary, set for February, and the famed kingmaking caucuses in Iowa, plenty of time to make up ground, but it was clear for the darkest of dark horses who were burning shoe leather on Tuesday that there was a lot of ground to make up. Some better-known competitors were in New Hampshire, too. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, who is in a distant second place in the Republican primary polls to former President Donald J. Trump, walked in two parades, including one that also drew Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, who is still well back in the pack. The weather was less than agreeable, Mr. DeSantis, Mr. Scott and others walking in the afternoon parade in Merrimack, New Hampshire, were soaked when a rainstorm swept through. Independence Day campaigning is a tradition in New Hampshire and Iowa, as old as the caucuses and the primary in those states. That would be more than a century of frontrunners and also runs at the parades, picnics and pancake breakfasts of the Granite State. This year, however, there was a twist, the prohibitive frontrunner, Mr. Trump, skipped the hustings, staying home with his family and firing off vulgar social media posts. Yet the minions of his campaign and his own bulky shadow still hung heavily over his competition. In Urbandale, Iowa, where Mr. Trump's former vice president and current competitor, Mike Pence, was marching in the parade, spectators broke into a chant, Trump, 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 as he passed by. Melody Krejci, 60, of Urbandale, said, My whole family is Trump supporters, even down to our grandbabies. They also wear Trump clothing and Trump hats. There are posters of Trump in their rooms, too, she said. She added, I think Pence is a coward, alluding to the erroneous belief, still pushed by Mr. Trump, that his vice president could have rejected enough electoral votes on January 6, 2021, to send the 2020 election back to the states and possibly overturn Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s victory. In the old days, before super PACs flooded the airwaves, social media brought politicians' messages directly to voters' smartphones and partisans were glued to their favorite cable news shows, showing up on the 4th of July really mattered. Retail has always been mostly theater, but now it's all a performance for the cameras, not about meeting regular people and listening to their concerns, said Fergus Cullen, a former chairman of the New Hampshire Republican State Committee. This year, Mr. Trump's rivals hoped it still did matter. In Merrimack, New Hampshire, volunteers and supporters backing Mr. DeSantis waited to walk with their candidate in the 4th of the July parade there, standing near a dance troupe in hot pink shirts, a wooden float filled with members of the Bechtash Shrine Clowns and a yellow school bus decorated as the boat from the Boston Tea Party. But it was another Republican presidential hopeful, Mr. Scott, who caused a stir first, showing up on the parade route trailed by a passel of photographers and television cameras.
Hopefully some of those voters will become our voters, Mr. Scott told reporters when asked his thoughts on the people in DeSantis and Trump gear who are coming up to shake his hand. But at the end of the day, we thank God that we have folks that are committed to the country, committed to the concept that the conservative values always work. Outside a pancake breakfast in Merrimack, New Hampshire, former Representative Will Hurt of Texas and his wife, Lynn Lai Wallace, mixed with runners at a road race. Mr. Hurd, a moderate Republican and a fierce critic of Mr. Trump's who is trying to get his fledgling presidential campaign out of the starting gate, said he had just finished touring the northern border near Vermont, which he said faces problems similar to those at the southern border in his home state, low resources and increased drug trafficking. Those were the sorts of issues he wanted to tackle, he said. But for now, he added, he was just happy to simply be out shaking hands. Today is about meeting people, right? Mr. Hurd said. Not everybody is doom-scrolling on social media or consuming cable news. And Trump? I'm sure people are thankful he's not out, he said. He comes with a lot of baggage. If there were glimmers of hope for the dark horses, it came from voter acknowledgement of that baggage, which now includes felony charges in New York, connected to the payment of hush money to a porn star, and federal felony charges in Miami, accusing him of misusing highly classified documents and obstructing the government's efforts to retrieve them. In Iowa, Jim Miller, 73, was sitting along the Urbandale parade route with his wife and other family members. He said he had voted for Mr. Trump twice but had been disappointed in his attitude. He wants a candidate who puts being American ahead of being a Republican or a Democrat. Asked to compare Mr. Pence with Mr. Trump, Mr. Miller said, not even close. I'd take Pence any day. As for Mr. Burgum, he expressed an understanding of just how steep his climb would be to even get into contention for his party's presidential nomination. The name recognition challenge is familiar, he said. But he also noted that people had underestimated him when he left a lifelong career in the private sector to run for governor in 2016. He won that race by 20 percentage points, and he has not been seriously challenged in North Dakota since. Not everyone was in the dark on his campaign. A volunteer, Maureen Tracy, 55, rushed up from the back of the room to ask for a selfie with him. She said she liked Mr. Burgum because, like Mr. Trump, he seemed different from a politician. But unlike Mr. Trump, she added, Mr. Burgum seemed to be someone she could trust. Mr. Trump has hurt too many people, and when you hurt so many people, there is no trust, Ms. Tracy said. Mr. Burgum, contrasting himself with the highest-profile Republican in the race, Mr. Trump, without mentioning him, said that he had decided to run because the country needed a leader who would work for every American, regardless of political affiliation. Republicans, independents, Democrats, they all drive on the U.S. roads, they all go to U.S. schools, they all get health care in America, he said. Today's the day to really reflect on that. And Hinga Klein contributed reporting from Urbandale, Iowa.